What is up, my mother friends? My name is John Crump. I'm an investigative journalist, and you know the whole drill. We might be having an overflow. I'm doing a redirect test thing where I'm going to redirect everyone from my premiere on my John Crump News channel over here, and I just want to see if that works. But we are sponsored by Tusk. Tusk is a cryptocurrency focused on the firearms market. I'm not sure if we're going to have IV8888 on the show or not. Um, I was going to contact them earlier on today, but I mean, every, everything's been so busy. But it is Freedom Week, so here we go with Tusk. Proudly sponsored by TUSC, the only cryptocurrency designed with the firearms market in mind. With three-second processing times, it's the fastest cryptocurrency on the planet. On the planet. With lower transaction fees than traditional credit cards, it's perfect for your e-commerce needs. For gun guys, buy gun guys. Visit TUSC.network for more information and join the digital revolution. And we are back, and we are also sponsored by Black Phone Tactical. Black Swan Tactical, your number one source for 2A streetwear. With shirts, mugs, hats, patches, flags, and more, there's always something to help you rep the 2A community. All proceeds go back into our projects. Viewers and listeners can take an additional 10% off with code CRUMPY. Unapologetically pro-gun, pro-liberty, and pro-freedom gear for the front lines of the culture war. Shut up, dark, dark. I give me a hard time. I did not contact them today, so it might have just slipped through the cracks. But whatever. I'm looking at my co-host, Rich, who is behind talking on the phone. I would like to bring him on the stream, but he is talking on the phone. All right. If you don't know, this is Freedom Week leading up to the 2A Freedom Rally out in Vegas at the Pro Gun Club out in Vegas, sponsored by Rifle Dynamics and gun owners of america so that's gonna be really cool if you're not down at nram you can go over to vegas um and yeah i see shooting gallery new england there and uh, we should be having a spillover from the live here but let me go ahead and tell rich to get off the damn phone rich there you go rich you're still talking on the phone uh, Corn Pop, if you want to join, you can join us because I don't know if we're going to have IV8888 on or not, but whatever. It's all good. We're going to be talking about a bunch of different things today anyway, a bunch of news. We're still not going to be talking about the tragedy, but we will be talking about a little bit of the aftermath of it. Um, math, aftermath of it. One thing is we are going to be in a battle for our ever uh uh our lives when it comes to guns because Stinny Hoyer is introducing a bill that will that will have 
national red flag laws, and that might be happening in about a month, and there is a good chance that they're going to exploit the tragedy that happened down in Texas to get this passed. What did Rahm Emanuel once say? Never let a tragedy go to waste, and the Democrats are pretty good at doing that, and the Republicans are kind of weak-kneed when it comes to this stuff. So we will see what happens with that. We are also going to be covering the JSD saga and what has come out of that. I did talk to Jordan Vinerow, and I do have an article up and a video that dropped recently, so we're going to be taking questions about that and everything else. All right. So while Rich is talking to whoever he is talking to, which is probably dark, I will go ahead and kick this off. Today, JSD had a preliminary injunction hearing against the ATF, uh, the acting director of the ATF, and the Justice Department. And he is going to be... Okay, Rich is back. Hi, Rich. Yeah, um, Eric will be joining us. All right. Uh, yeah, the dice grow up or something. Uh, he didn't know he was coming on. <laughs> oh, I, I talked to him last week. Ah, I talked to him. It's it's not even my idea. It's his GOA job. <laughs> <laughs> He's such a nice guy. He's such a pleasant guy. Dude, I mean, if he, I mean, I should have followed up with him, but we've been kind of busy well, the last I, few days. Yeah, I kind of figured. You know, last time we dealt with him, and uh, you know, he's probably used to it, and he knew my email and stuff like that. But I, I didn't give him a call or anything, or you know. <laughs> and it's all right, whatever. Okay, so let's talk about JSD. So JSD, they had their preliminary injunction hearing today. We won't know anything. All right, sorry about that, Eric. I should have contacted you. Tony's the one who wanted me to get you on here to talk about freedom to a freedom thing. Yeah. That's okay. Uh, a little little uh, lapse communication is yeah. understandable. Yeah, because uh, you're going to be at it to a freedom freedom fest. So let's talk about that first before we get into the JSD stuff and everything else like that. So you are going to be out at uh, the Freedom Fest out or what if it to a freedom rally out in Vegas representing GOA. But before I get into that, I also I want to bring up something. After we went off the air last time, you were asking me all these questions about GOA. And I'm like, ah, Eric must be really interested with what I do at GOA and how GOA is and stuff like that. And it just flew right over my head that you were that you had an offer wait, on the wait, table. Wait, wait, hold on, hold on. There's like news John Crump didn't know about? I did not know until I saw Eric's post. And, I was like, and they're like, oh, <laughs> you didn't look at your email? Then I went back and looked at my email and saw... Eric, Eric Blanford will be joining the GOA team. I'm like, uh, well, kind of missed that one. <laughs> well, but, you but, know, it, it, it kind of, it kind of developed, I suppose. Uh, I mean, we, I had been talking a little bit with Tony and, uh, you know, about it. And I think we came to the conclusion it was probably something I needed to do. And I, I don't want to say he convinced me, but let's just say we convinced each other. Uh, it was mutually agreeable. Uh, convincing, if you will. <laughs> cool. 
I'm excited. I'm I'm glad you're you're with GOA. That's that's great news. Yeah, but now it yeah, makes sense why you're after the delay uh, getting on with you. I, I I wasn't aware I was supposed to be on tonight, so l- luckily I was able to. Hop uh, on, yeah, so yeah. I, I sent you. Uh, did I send you an email or with a text? You know, sometimes it gets uh, lost in the mix a little bit. Yeah, but well, Tony Tony <laughs> is uh, he is the operations director of GOA, and he asked me if I would have. I uh, had Stephen Williford on yesterday, uh, and wanted me to have you you on and to push this rally that's going on out in Vegas, the Pro Gun Club, which is on Saturday, the Pro Gun Club in Vegas, sponsored by Rifle Dynamics from. 9 a.m. to 6 p.m. where you can meet Eric Blanford, Tim Macy, president of GOA, and Stephen Williford, who I had on yesterday, which was an amazing, amazing story. Yeah, I can't wait. I think it's going to be a lot of fun. And, uh, you know, I I don't really go to a ton of trade shows anymore. I mean, uh, ever since all the stuff with the COOF, uh, and, you know, I, I've always been kind of a, a – one of the sorts of people don't really like wearing the freaking mask, if you will. I don't like leaving so my house. A while, I, I kind of just out of spite, I, I said I wasn't going to fly anymore. But now that they finally did away with all that nonsense, I suppose uh, we're good. So uh, I got my flight booked. I'll be in Vegas, and uh, I will uh, I will be sober and uh, and ready to uh, ready to meet people and chat and all. And I, I think I've got a speaking window, and uh, I. I don't know what I'm going to say until maybe the minute before I get up there. So I'm just going to, I'm just going to go for it. Just going to wing it. I usually just have a post-it with bullet points. Yeah. I I tend to kind of, I tend to kind of wing it. I, I, uh, I had 10 minutes at Amp Fest uh, down there in uh, Miami at the Trump Doral. Uh, I got invited out to that and uh for the first amp fest and it was it was cool i got to talk about the second amendment for 10 minutes and believe me 10 minutes doesn't seem like a lot of time but when you got all the people out there and they're all well dressed <laughs> and well lit and there's a million cameras everywhere it uh kind of puts it in perspective for you a little bit doesn't it <laughs> sure sure yeah yeah it uh yeah it's uh, it's bad. Uh, oh, oh, we got our new member, Corn Pop. You you got what? A million and a half subscribers? Freaking two point six million. <laughs> but, but they're not you're looking flacking. back at you while Come you're on, man. You're you know, flacking. I never thought about it like that, Rich. Yeah, it, you're, <laughs> you're you're right. You're right. It is one thing when you're looking into the empty space of a a, a black nothingness right in front of you, and you're. You know, you're just talking to the theoretical 2.6 million, not the actual. Mm-hmm. You know, it's one thing to, to see a crowd of people in front of you. It could, it's a different vibe than standing in front of a camera, for sure. Now, are you doing live videos at all, or you all your videos are recorded? Typically, most of my videos are recorded. Um, you know, I've, I've been doing a lot of the article reads, which I, I do find to be very fun. I, I enjoy that because... Mm-hmm. I like to get, you know, a bit of the perspective from other people out there that, that I support and know. And, and, you know, obviously I've, I've, uh, I've read many of, of John's articles and uh, I don't want to put the cart before the horse, but I have been doing a little writing of my own or at least an attempt as best I can. And, 
I've got a few op-eds that I've turned into GOA, and of course they have to uh, go through a, a manual review, pro an internal review process. So yeah. uh, I can't speculate as to whether or not those articles will actually see the light of day. However, I am trying to get some op-eds of my own out there. Um, it is fun. I, I do enjoy writing, but to answer your question, I, I generally pre-record and I like to, I like to edit in the, uh, the articles and stuff. Cause I, you know, we all learn and receive information in very different ways. Mm -hmm. right? Some of us, you know, we want to hear, we want to see. So I kind of like to scratch all of those boxes and or check all of those boxes, if you will, in terms of, you know, getting out to people. So, um, but uh, I, I think it would be, you know, and yes, I, I would love to come on on your show. And can you can you can you say hello to Eugene? That's his government name. Hi, Eugene. Eugene. Yeah, we, we'll uh, uh, we can put together a show. That sounds like fun. But I like to have you know, I like to have the article up there too, so that people can read along with me. And you know, some people mm -hmm. want to receive information in that way. And and I'll, I'll give you a little idea. I got that idea from Russell Brand. Uh, I'm a big fan of Russell Brand. Uh, I, I think he does great work and I think he's a very level-headed fellow and uh, I really love the way he presents things and I, I've tried to kind of take that sort of sensibility and, and put it into my reads uh, and that it was it was Russell Brand that really uh, you know influenced me to uh, to do that yeah okay. Russell Brand has really been red-pilled lately he used to be like this huge left-wing guy and now all, all of a sudden he's kind of woken up a little bit you know, he's, he's a clever fellow and, you know, he's always got something good to say. And, and, you know, I, I feel like his views are, are, are pretty level headed. You know, he doesn't throw anybody under the bus. He tries to be fair. And, uh, I think that, you know, that's an admirable thing in, in this society, the way things are going and as crazy as people want to be so polarizing in their views, you know, it's, it's rare, uh, you know, to see someone that, uh, that actually just wants to get down to the dang truth, you know? Yeah, I, I think that's admirable. Yeah, I'm I'm sure your op-eds will be approved. It's a it, it's kind of a process because when you write an op-ed for GOA, you are representing GOA. So it's a little bit different from like my regular stories where I represent myself. But yeah, uh GOA is doing some good work. Uh right before we came on, it was announced and I posted it that Steny Hoyer is going to try to pass a red flag law, a national red flag law. It's going to be introduced in Congress. Um, they know no bounds. No, they know no bounds. And the thing is, our side, The when I say our side, I mean the, like the pro-gun side in Congress because I don't know how pro-gun they actually are. But they seem really weak at the knees when it comes to pushing back against anything like this. Mm -hmm. um, and that well, kind of worries me. So, I, actually, I got a question for Eric. I, I saw your Instagram this morning where, where you posted the guy had two Daniel Defense firearms. Well... So I decided to pull that post down, and my reasoning behind that was I received a text from a close friend of mine that was like, Hey, I don't think we exactly have all the facts of what's okay. going on. And I heard like this, this sort of, uh, 
you know, I hate to use the word rumor because it sounds so uns unsubstantiated, which literally that's what a rumor is, is an unsubstantiated claim. But I pulled it down because somebody told me, well, you know, uh, they, they think that the, the person portrayed here may not actually be the, the, the shooter is what I was. OK, so I kind of figured, you know, I think probably sit back for a few days and let more, more information yeah. come out. Mm -hmm. You know, it's, it's like we're always in this society where. You know, everybody's got to be first. You know, they want to be the first yep. to break this or break that or, or talk about something that's going on. And, you know, we're all guilty of mm -hmm. you know, mm -hmm. wanting to be the first people to say, oh, I, I had the, the hot take on this or that. And you right. know, the, the bodies of these children is not even cold yet. And these political pundits start, you know, immediately calling for gun control, drafting legislation. Did, of course, did you see I... uh, to pass legislation? So. That's a troubling situation for sure. And uh, in we, we want to make sure that we're not being guilty of doing that too, right? That's a two-way yeah. thing. But, and yeah. I, I was just going to say, I, I saw a video. At these ideas, we, we have to combat them, right? So it's like you're, you're kind of damn if you do, damn if you don't. Because if you don't combat their terrible ideas, then people are going to go, well, you must obviously agree with them if you're not saying anything about it. So it, it's unfortunate that because they engage in, in, in this behavior – you, you have to, to say something, you know, you got to say something or, or else people are just going to, are going to take, you know, that, that you, that your silence is compliance. Remember people keep saying that silence is compliance. Sure. Yeah. That's sure. why GOA have to fight. And then, and then people are going to assume that you agree with their efforts to pass red flag gun confiscation laws and to expand background checks and all of this sort of business they're talking about. Yeah, one thing so, that was interesting, uh, Biden even said that this wouldn't have made a difference. So why push for it? You know, it's like they throw things at the wall and just to see what they can stick to try to use strategy to get whatever they want back. It's not about making our kids safer. It's not about making us safer. It's about their fundamental hatred for the second amendment. And I'm convinced of that. Yes. Yeah. I, I saw an Instagram earlier this morning that I, I think it was, you know, Republican politicians, they're, they're at a place like on a podium and there's beta O'Rourke running up yelling, I'm here for your guns. And I'm like, are you kidding me? They're like grandstanding. Like, it, and I didn't think it was a great optic on our side either. Like, you know, hours after the event happened, they're already, you know, getting together like that. Uh, you know, and I, I don't mean to be rude. I don't know any. I don't know Ted Cruz. I don't know that he was in D.C. and hopped a private jet out to. I don't know, but I, it just looks kind of ambulance chasing to me. Uh, a little, and it, it just looked real circus when Beta O'Rourke jumped out. I was like, douchebag. I, I was, I was so, you know, I could have thrown up. That is such a great observation. Ambulance chasers, and that's precisely what it reeks of. And you know, they are the masters of incrementalism when it comes to the Second Amendment. And uh, you're right. You know, they throw spaghetti at the wall and they see what sticks. Mm -hmm. And you know what? If you throw a whole pot of damn spaghetti at the wall and one little tiny piece sticks, they consider that a victory no matter what sure. uh, they have to do. So, you know, this incrementalism is, is dangerous. Uh, and, and just like, you know, the incrementalism got us where we are now, 
uh, I think that's how we're going to recover as well. You know, we're, we're not going to be able to just in one fell swoop, you know, take all of this back. I mean, we're, we're in for a very rough few years here, I believe. And, um, you know, yeah. it's, it's going to come down to protecting legis- the legislative process. I mean, we already see that these alphabet agencies are, are just, you know, wielding the pen like mm-hmm. it's law. Mm-hmm. I mean, they can literally just go through and, and write whatever opinion they want that carries the weight of law. So, you know, it's anybody's guess as to how the whole uh, Chevron uh, deference, deference uh, how, yeah. that, uh, how that thing is, you know, how that's going to wind up shaking down in the Supreme Court. Uh, we mm-hmm. very well could see that, you know, if uh, if everything holds, you know, true uh, with the filibuster, like like we think, you know, if we don't allow them to pack the court and if in time the Supreme Court is uh, throws this out, uh, then that's going to take the legs out from under these alphabet agencies you know, that's how you got uh, the bump stock ban. That's how you got the brace ban, the frame and receiver rule. All these things are are, are mm-hmm. done through a very uh, specific administrative process. So what we see is an administrative state that is developing that that is is, is not bound by the law Correct. or checks and balances or what's right and wrong. This is just all, you know, literally uh, Biden can just say, I want it to be like this, make it like this. And they'll they'll come up with a way to make it happen. So that's right. what we see is that... Um, you know, this lame duck Congress uh, that, that we see. It, it's not that there's not good people, you know, that don't want to pass good legislation that would benefit the Second Amendment in some way, shape, or form. Uh, it's just that because of this dirty system, we've allowed them to exploit uh, this rule this rulemaking process that is outside of the legislative bounds of checks and balances. It, that's a dangerous thing that we, we should not support. And um, I, it's going to be interesting to see how the uh, Supreme Court yeah, uh, you know, deals with that. I, I think there there's an overwhelming thought process there that I, I think most people think that they're going to probably nix that. Sh- you know, so. yeah, it, uh, it, they really should because the Chevron was never meant to apply to a criminal statute, and that's what they're applying it to criminal statutes. It was supposed to be regulatory statutes, and they have vastly expanded the meaning of Chevron and what Chevron is used for. And they're the only only agency in the government that has done that. So, uh, and you know, for uh, Amy Coney Barrett, for example, has been wanting to get her hands on Chevron for a while. So has uh, Gorsuch and Kavanaugh, um, and even Roberts to some extent. I'm not sure how Roberts would vote because of the Second Amendment issue, but I know he has a big problem with Chevron. So if he votes on the Chevron issue with, you know. But Robert, I don't have no faith in that guy. But if he votes oh, what a the, the, the way he always has before, this should be a slam dunk. And I think, you know, we can definitely count on Clarence Thomas. I mean, he's mm-hmm. a very capable man. And uh, he, you know, should, I, I think that he would definitely vote, vote our way as well. On that. So, should, should, I tell, should I tell the Second Amendment, that, that Chevron rule, it can really get into some dicey territory for a lot of different environments rather than just the second amendment it's just so unique and terrible that it's used in that very specific way to attack the second amendment when they know they can't get things done through the congress i mean that's why we have checks and balances for that very reason so it's anybody's ball game but it'd be interesting to see how it shakes down for sure and you know the the uh supreme court has shown an interest in wanting to hear more second amendment cases so, you know, who knows what's going to happen with the with the New York uh, deal that's going on with the permits and all. So that permitting system, I mean, who knows? Could we see, 
you know, some national carry reciprocity or, or constitutional carry or something at a, at a more nationwide level. I mean, now we're, we're still on, what, 25 states, right, with Georgia being the 25th. Yep. So is that to say that maybe in the future we can, won't see some movement on that? Uh, I'm hopeful. Uh, I'm cautiously optimistic. Uh, I'm not going to put all my eggs in one basket, but I, I right, like right. that there's hope. You know, I, I try to be optimistic, but, you know, who knows? Yeah, yeah I, I I keep hoping Florida, like they're having uh, the legislature is in an emergency session right now over, you know, home insurance, which that's a whole nother topic. And uh, DeSantis, Ron DeSantis said he wanted if they put a constitutional carry bill on his desk, he'll sign it. And he's kind of said he may hold a special session to hear it. But they haven't done anything, and the critters in in our legislature, we have a, a Republican majority in both houses, and they're not doing it. I, I'm, like, pissed. Florida's always had a rhino problem. Oh, yeah. Yes. <laughs> Especially in the Second Amendment community. It, it's, 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 it's a known thing. I mean, it's not like oh, yeah. they're trying to hide it either. You know, there, there's a lot of, uh, let's just say, soccer moms that are Republicans down there, and they don't exactly like guns. Mm-hmm. Look at Nikki Free. You know, I in fact I read the uh, article there and, and shared it uh, on the on the channel uh, about Nikki Free with the whole weed situation. I mean, she's in charge of carry permits, but also have to do with the agriculture and the and and, and medical marijuana. And <laughs> Doesn't all. make so, any wait, sense. Medical marijuana, but then also so, a carry permit, which she has a carry permit in Florida. She has a carry permit. So, she admits that she has a gun, but she also admits that she smokes weed. So you're never going to hear me say that that those two should not uh, you know live in the same ballpark. I mean, look, you know, I I'm not a user of cannabis, but I don't think that should be the government's place to regulate um, who uses it, especially when we look at how destructive alcohol is. Uh, Bingo. You know, alcohol ruins a lot of people's lives, but you yeah. don't see them going after that. Yeah. Oh, and, uh, I've never seen somebody get high and, uh, and 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 go on some you know crazy you know, tirade or get in some fist fight and they might attack a bag of cookies. Right. right. But, uh, I, I've never seen them attack a person while right. under that. System. So I, I think that if we're being issue or if we're, be, we're being honest with each other, I mean, I, I agree with Nikki in that I can understand why she, you know, obviously she, she kind of caught herself in a lie there, <laughs> but I think the sentiment behind why she wants to do it, uh, you know, maybe might have some, some grounds for, you know, being being in the correct position, you know, a clock. My I know not everybody agrees with it, but a clock is right always is always right twice a day. Broken clock, yeah. Broken uh, clock. So, for those that don't know, Florida carry permits are issued by the Department of Agriculture. Now, <laughs> I don't know if something no changed, but sense. But the the thing about that was it was supposed to be a not a political position. I don't know if it became a political position. Everything but is it always was, a political position. It was not supposed to be a political position, and that's why it went to the Department of Agriculture. Now, a rumor I heard was that they needed the money, so they, they get the permit money. I, I don't know if that's also a factor of it. It's but Florida. Free Nothing makes sense the, in Florida. She was the only statewide Democrat that won office last election. So hopefully she's out. Yeah. Uh, here, here, here's something. Um, I don't think I've, I've, I've never told Eric this story, and I don't think I've ever told it on stream. 
Rich, you know the story. But I, I, I love I love my sisters and I love all my sisters a lot. And talking about the Supreme Court. I was talking to my sister one time and she was like, Oh yeah, I met the I mean, you know, you gotta meet my friend and his wife. They are so nice people and I think you have a lot in common with them. Uh, my friend Clarence, you really need to meet him. I'm like, why? What did he do? He's like, oh, he's a judge. And I was like, wait a minute. What's his last name? Thomas. Like, is he black? Yeah. Is he about this tall? Yeah. Like, oh, my God. It's like he's not just a judge. The Thomas? Yes. Yes. I was like, no, he's not just a judge. <laughs> I was like, I cannot believe you. Like, he's a traffic court judge. You know? Yeah. Yeah, she thought he was just like some guy down the. <laughs> I was like, I was like, it's not. He is the. One of the highest judges in the country. The best. Yeah, but I was like, I was like, dude, you cannot be. You cannot be. Yeah, uh, it's it was just crazy. My sister, I love my sister, but you know, <laughs> I mean, we're, that. Look, we're all guilty of occasionally not completely understanding our civic duties, the legislative process, you know, the processes that government operate under. I mean, look, it's easy to get wrapped up in day to day and not know exactly what's going on. I mean, and, and think about it, Joe Blow America at large, should they not? have the ability to just live their life and be happy and not have to concern themselves with it. Okay. Maybe some would argue that that, that answer would be yes. Now I personally feel that people should have, you know, maybe a little bit more of a civic duty uh, in terms of, of their overall mindset and how they look at the way their government runs. Right. And, and look, we're, uh, we're forever students in that regard. Right. I learn everything that I can as much as I can. I will never claim to know every little thing that I should know about the way our government operates, the processes, all of the rules. I mean, there's so much to know. Um, so people should always remain a student, but that does speak volumes that, you know, someone like you, even your sister could be guilty of, of just not knowing. I mean, look, ignorance is okay. It's okay not to know. It's not a crime not to know. Uh, Kurt, you will be ignorant and continuing your ignorance. Now that's a choice. Kurt, I never did no get to meet him. Know, as long as you have a desire to rectify the situation. I, I never did get to meet him, but I just Googled Clarence Thomas and it got 50.5 million hits on his name. Oh my gosh. So there you go. Yeah. So most, most of those are probably haters and bot, yeah. bot accounts. And <laughs> yeah. My, my sister isn't as politically active as I am. John, nobody's as politically active as you are. Eric is. <laughs> I'm I'm trying to get to the to that level. Uh, I'm not quite at the crump level, but I'm I'm trying. You know, look, you never rest on your laurels, even if you feel like the political winds that fill your sails, you're like you're, that you're moving somewhere. Doesn't mean that you can't always strive for something better, strive for more, strive for more knowledge. You know, so um, I never want to view myself as politically educated. I want to view myself as always a student and always trying to learn mm -hmm. what I can. Uh, because that, that's what I owe myself and my community and, and especially, I mean, GOA. And I mean, I, I've been doing this. I've been, you know, 
messing around with all the stuff on the YouTube channel now for over 14 years. And I guess it only made sense that, you know, I'd wind up doing something like what I'm doing now. Um, mm -hmm. But it doesn't mean that I don't want to learn and that I don't want to always be a student, you know, so. Yeah. Yeah. You, you're going to get a firsthand <laughs> seat to uh, politics. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. GOA, there are, there's two types of political thought, right? You have the GOA, which is uh, what's called confrontational politics. And then you have uh, confrontational based politics. And then you have access based politics. Confrontational based politics is, can be referred to as the carrot and stick. And there's a book called Confrontational Politics that's out there by H.L. Richardson, which you will probably get, Eric. But it talks about the carrot and the stick. When a politician does something good, you let your members or whoever know that they did something good. When they do something bad, even if they're a, polit a, pol a politician that you have supported, then you let your members know that they have done something bad. And that is basically trying to keep a, keeping them honest. Like, hey, we'll, if you do something good, we'll let everyone know. If you do something bad, we'll let everyone know. Then you have access-based politics. And access-based politics is basically you want to protect your access so you can have influence over them. But if they do something you don't agree with, sometimes you have to cover for them or stand up for them. And whatever, you know, whatever you, your opinion of that is there, that's just the two different schools of thought. Um, NRA, for example, is more of, access-based politics for GOA is more computational-based politics. What what you decide is best for you is what's best for you. I'm not saying one is better than the other, but I am more in line with the computational-based politics than the access-based politics because I believe the truth is something that is paramount to everything. And by protecting politicians that make bad decisions, I don't think that... Uh, serves our calls well, but some people do. I agree, John. I think that it's all, it's a two way street in that regard. And, and uh, you know, I, I would not want to say anything disparaging uh, about any other type of a, of a gun rights organization. No. I agree. I think that, you know, there are different ways to skin the cat as so to speak. Yeah. And everybody's got a different way, just like FPC's got their very specific way of doing things. NRA's got their way. I will say though, that, I believe a lot of people over the years have probably um, viewed, let's just say the other the other type, as you say, in more of a way that you don't want someone being a gatekeeper to the Second Amendment either. So when I say it's a two-way street, okay, yeah, a group of people may, let's just say, be gatekeepers to the uh, very politicians that they're trying to you know, sort of protect or defend in terms of the things they say, so to speak. Uh, but, but that's also, okay, now what, what if the, the members now you know, that group is now a gatekeeper to your very rights because they can say, well, we want a deal to go this way or that way. And, and that now it becomes where the, the Second Amendment is this volleyball that gets kicked around and, and, and treated as a bargaining chip rather than a, a sanctified and precious item that we we agree not to touch. And yeah, I mean, I that that, you know, and when you mentioned those schools of thought, I, I agree. I feel that GOA is a no compromise organization that. You know, they treat the Second Amendment as a sanctified and, and 
very important jewel that that it is. And uh, you know, maybe maybe that's my layman take on it, but but that's the way I've always viewed, uh, you know, some gun rights organizations that they they seem to treat it as a bar a token, as a bargaining tool, and not as an absolute. Yeah, I think someone might have got blocked by accident. So if no, I blocked somebody on purpose. Oh, okay, I didn't see what was said. All right, uh, that 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 is enough for me. <laughs> All right. Yeah, it's definitely interesting. Um, so, John, kind of changing gears here. What do we know about uh, JSD? And, and Eric, do you know who JSD is? Uh, you're going to have to fill me in on that. I'm, I'm not. JSD, I, I can tell on that. JSD, JSD supply. supply. They're the ones. They do eighty percent polymer eighties. And the ATF said, by the way, the 1968 Gun Control Act covers 80% firearms. Nobody yeah, so, knew that till a couple days ago. Since you since you sell parts and guns, you can't sell. Now you can never sell anything, ever. Now, uh, is that a law that passed, or is that just an opinion? Uh, the, well, they opinion. served them with a cease and desist, and they have also now served uh, Cam Tactical. All right, so so that that's an opinion. Yes, that's not that's not you know no, nothing nothing passed through the Congress uh, that says that's the law of the land. So that's anybody's anybody's ball game. Yeah, so, it's so terrible that that they'll resort to these things. You know, anyone can draft a letter. A lawyer can draft a letter. I can hire a lawyer to say don't do this anymore, and if you can continue to do it, I'll do this. But the difference is. If I hire a lawyer, uh, my lawyer's office is not going to kick in your door and shoot you and your dogs in the middle of the night either. So, right. so that, that's the issue I take with these people. They, they want to throw around these, these crazy claims and they want to throw around these crazy threats that, that carry the, the weight of law and the, the, the threat and coercion and possible bodily harm that comes along with it. And I think that's not something we should support. Amen. Court agrees. The threat and, you know, and coercion and possible bodily you know, harm will get to the end of that road, but it doesn't mean they're, you know, that's some scary, scary situation for sure. <clears throat> yeah, I mean, it definitely is. But, uh, so, John, what happened today? Because the word I got is next week. Yeah, I'm, next I'm week not... they have to file a, uh, what, the, basically the judge took everything, um, into consideration they have um have to file a supplemental brief and then the judge will decide based on everything else because i my understanding not like i know anything i just heard rumors that the brief that was filed was pretty all-encompassing it is but a lot of times they uh, they they want supplemental briefs um is that to clarify something? What, what's the process? Uh, I guess a lot of it has to do with the KM Tactical thing. Uh, the ATF did not know that they had that information. Um, and so, I mean, which is a good technique because, you know, they got the cult with their pants down. And now they have to respond to, you know, you were arguing this, but you have this other thing right here. So it's actually good for our, our side. Um, remember that story I told you that I had a week ago that I found. And when I mentioned it to Rob, he asked me not to report right. on it. 
Right. There yep. you go. Gotcha. That would be you know, uh, ATF rec- records keeping and keeping all the the records. Uh no. Oh, that's uh, something different. No, there's something different. That's okay. totally different. Um, no, this is uh basically KM Tactical will serve with the cease and desist order because the ATF back in January bought a polymer eighty from them, and then decided that's a gun. Even though it's there's never been before. Too much, it's too much like a gun in its current configuration. Yeah. So well, they, they want me to, to, to go and like take a block of aluminum and that, that's just a raw block of aluminum and then machine it down with a, with a hand chisel or something. I mean, yes. Basically, yes. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, because what, what their uh, C&D to JSD was saying is the 1968 Gun Control Act states readily convertible, but readily convertible never pertained to anything that was never a firearm. It pertained to these Italian starter guns that had a wedge of lead in the in the barrel that you poke out and then you can use it as a gun. That mm-hmm. meaning readily convertible back to being a firearm again. Not that this plastic is readily convertible into a firearm that never was a firearm. That that was never what the 1968 GCA covered. I mean, really, 3D printing just makes all this a moot point anyway. And the sooner society realizes that, the better off they'll be. You can't ban 3D printing. You're just not going to do it. Well, that I, I got I mean, sent an article this morning by Luigi, and uh, they... The guy had like four frames. I don't know if one was 3D printed. Uh, this was in Afghanistan, and he had a 3D printer. It looked like the Ender 3, and he had 500 rounds of ammo, and it, it was a drug bust. He, I, I forget what it was, whether it was pot or what. I don't recall, but he, um, they make it like, they said like gun manufacturing warehouse. I'm like, he had four frames. In 500 rounds. Yeah, somebody sent that to me too. I mean, maybe that was Luigi that sent it to me. Luigi, uh, thank you, yeah. Luigi, for sending that to me. I didn't get a chance to get back to you. I, and I'm like, I'm, I'm chuckling. I'm like, I, I got a dozen polymer 80s in a box over here. You know, should I not said that out loud? Uh, Dude, you know, they would freak out if they saw my. I think all three of us and probably most of our listeners are in the same boat. Like I used to, I grew up in New York and you'd see on the news cash of 100 rounds of ammunition. You're like, (laughs) when I was still working at Moss, we had a bunch of the, uh, we had several of the Anderson uh, lowers come in and uh, one Michelle was placing an order. I said, hey, uh, how much, what's our cost on those? She said, well, Eric, if, if you want some, if you'll just pay me for them now, uh, you know, just order them at whatever our cost is. They were 22 Barkin dollars a piece, and I bought 60 of them. <laughs> so I'm still working on those original 60 that I bought like years ago. So, so uh, I mean, hey, it, it, this, this is a poverty pony. It's a machine gun, twenty-two dollar receiver. Yep. Oh, Suck cool, cool. <laughs> so I mean, but wait. It, look, it's just it is what it is. I mean, 
So, Eric, do oh. people say poverty pony to you when they talk about Andersons? <laughs> it, it is a term of endearment. Listen, let me, this is not a plug for Anderson, but let me just say, there's only a couple of times that I've had to chase a few holes. Um, the anodizing can be a little thick in some areas. I've had to go and just clean up a few of the like pinholes and things. And some Anderson lowers uh, the screw uh, for the grip that's drilled through. Sometimes that hole can be a little shallow and you may have to just chase it but or shorten the screw. But other than that, can't really say I've had an issue out of any of them. I mean, people can say what they want, but but they work. Well, I, I kind of, you know, I argue the point. People talk about the pores and, and all that. And look, you, you could have money. You might not just, not just want to spend 200 bucks on a lower. And, and it's got to be expensive to work. I, and that's... DMRs, we've, we built 18-inch DMRs using, par, using the, the Anderson lowers. And mm -hmm. we're talking... Chad's six millimeter arc, or not six millimeter arc, he built a six millimeter AR, the one we did the big video on that it got a mm -hmm. lot of attention. That is just an Anderson lower that we pay $22 for, and that gun shoots a living daylight out. It's not the lower, <laughs> what's attached to the top of it. I mean, right. like you get a good barrel, a good upper. I mean, the lower's just houses the trigger. I mean, at the end of the day, the gun's, you know, the upper is what's going to deliver the goods in terms of the you know, quality of the mm -hmm. gun quality of that of that build anyway uh, i digress oh the one question everyone keeps on asking me and i have no idea is chad your brother <laughs> no every no, chad no. Is not my brother. and you know that's well, a rumor there's something i appreciate i appreciate about you john is that you're, you're not afraid to ask like difficult questions that might stump someone i've noticed that about you and, that, and that's fine like it's okay to just go out in left field and, and drop a random question in there <laughs> Uh, but no, we're we're not brothers. Uh, we went to high school together. We've always been really good friends. And uh, you know, early on, uh, I did a lot of shooting on his family's property, and that that's the property that you see in the videos. And that's where we did a heck of a lot of uh, our early videos, as well as I mean, I'd go over there and zero hunting rifles and do a little plinking and shooting from time to time. Um, and that's how we got to know each other was just from our love of firearms, and we knew each other in high school. And uh, so the the one weird thing is technically now he is family uh, because I'm married to his cousin. So interesting Randy is cousin. And not a lot of people know that. Uh, uh, so technically I guess that makes him my cousin in law, right? Sort of. Is that how that works? Yeah, uh, maybe like whatever. I don't know. I'm not from Alabama. I don't know how all that works. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, was it you, was it you, Rich? I was getting an argument about that, and I was like, "No, that's no, not his somebody." Brother. I I actually asked John because somebody was <laughs> arguing with me that Chad's his brother. I'm like, I don't think so. Okay. They're like, "No, no, he's." His, I'm like, "Yeah, I don't think so." <laughs> I was like, right. "Next time I have on, I'll, I'll ask," but I don't think. <laughs> All right. So, Eric, it, can I ask you a couple of questions since we're on the dumb question end of the spectrum? Thanks, is Rich. is redneck uh, an appealing term or non appealing term? Look, we don't care. You can say right. redneck. Hey, because I, I was going to ask you, you redneck, you hillbilly, mountain Virginia, William, and we're good. Mountain so William. Can, can we do the redneck lightning round? I, I have no idea what this is, Eric. So <laughs> this is, <laughs> I'm finding out the way you is, but uh, the way, way you think, but 
ask me any redneck related question you want and I'll do my best to answer. I, I just noticed okay. that Rich has a piece of paper in his hand and that scares the hell out of me, <laughs> especially when I have no idea what's on that piece of paper. Well, I, I like Eric and I do want to go to Iraq veteran shoots in the future, so they can't be bad. That's All right. Do, you can ask whatever you want. Do you, you have any non-working vehicles on your property? Yeah. <laughs> do any of yeah. them not have wheels all right so very quickly i'll tell you really <laughs> so, so i've got i've got a 64 dodge van over there okay and it's got a big ass 302 in it i mean it's a beast uh and it's got brand new mickey thompson's on it i'm talking it was like a 600 set of tires i put on that stupid van before i parked it and i don't know if it was just a bad fuel or bad electrical problem or some rats or squirrels got into the freaking thing or whatever, but this son of a bitch won't crank for nothing. And um, I just have not had time to get out there and diagnose it. But I will say this, all the glass is intact. The body does not have that much rust. So it did run at one point. It just doesn't now. Okay, I, I was actually going for another answer. Do you have any military vehicles? Any military vehicles? I've got a 1974 Swiss Condor A350 motorcycle, but I don't have oh. any, uh, I, I guess, not what would qualify as a vehicle. But in oh. fact, it's for sale. Uh, shameless plug, if anybody wants it, I am selling my A350 if anybody uh, is looking for. So the, the tank is gone? So... All right, look. So we have two, you you have done your homework. All right, look. We have two British chieftains. All right, that were on the property, and they're actually still there. So a friend of mine purchased them from the original prop house that um, was renting out props to The Walking Dead. So in uh, the first season of The Walking Dead, that you know that kind of tan tank that uh, that the main character goes up under and tries to escape the zombies it's that tank uh, now i don't own those tanks they, they're just in my custodianship <laughs> so yeah those aren't mine so i technically did not uh you know skirt around your answer or your question <laughs> the correct answer you said my that i owned i, I don't own those tanks well i actually said on your property so <laughs> okay yeah all right fair enough Right. So what I said, do, do they all have wheels? I was looking I for the... I like I'm being drilled by, by that lawyer. I mean, what is this? <laughs> uh, Richard's been hanging out with Rob Olson. Okay. All right. And what's the most unique thing you fixed with duct tape? An AR-15? <laughs> yep. What? Yep. So, all right. Chad and I had this cockamamie random idea one day. We're like, hey, let's start pulling stuff off an, a of an AR-15. Let's start pulling accessories off of an AR-15. And we're going to see how much of it will work the more parts you take away. And then whatever we can, we'll, we'll just reinforce with duct tape uh, to, to, to keep it running. There's a video on it. We, we did a video. Look it up. <laughs> yep. Duct tape AR. <laughs> and, and, and believe me, you can pull a lot of stuff off an AR and it will still work. 
So, have you been researching this all day, Rich? No, it, it's all right. So it's funny. I I was talking to Dark before the show, and I'm oh, like, "What do you problem. think if I did a redneck lightning round?" He's like, "Don't say redneck right out the bat because he might get offended." And I'm like, "Okay, all right." There. Um, I'll find it real quick. He 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 is he does he does do it for Dale. I mean that's <laughs> the thing. I mean look, say what you want. All right, let me see. Duct tape AR. Look, I'm gonna I'm gonna do it so you little turds don't have to. Hang on. All right, I got it. Okay, where can I share this in the comment section? How do I? How do I? I right, if you, you hit can the share little, a screen, you can right? share the screen. Hit the little thing down there that says share. All right, here's yeah. the link, and you guys are logged in. Y'all can share it to the people in the comment section. Do you see it? Okay, I got a comment in the private, in the private chat. chat. Yeah, that's the it. link to the video. If anybody's curious, if yeah, you know. I'll put it out there. I'll drop it. Yeah. Oh, you got it. But anyway, I got it. All right. Well, cool. I think we both got it. Yeah. So. Erica, last time I talked to you, you know, a couple weeks back, you're working on your motorcycle. Do you do your own oil changes? Um, not on vehicles. Yeah, not not on cars. Well, what I, do I you do oil changes on then? On the motorcycles, I will. Okay, you said vehicles. <laughs> like... Yeah, yeah. On the motorcycles, I'll do my own oil changes, but on the vehicles, you know, usually it's like thirty-five bucks. I, I think for thirty-five bucks, I'll generally just I'll let someone else. I'll just drive the little thing over and let them let them do it for that. Yeah, because I mean I know how to do it. I just yeah. don't do it. Oh, I was about to say like when people say not on carve, I think of when I used to do one mowers uh, tractors. No, no, no. I used to do grappling, right? And there's something called an 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 oil check. And I'm just gonna oh. let you look that up yourself. I'm gonna pass. I'm not looking that up. There's a couple things I'm not gonna look up on the internet. That's I've, I've never had it done to me and I've never done it. No, but. So I kind of feel like that's a redneck skill. I mean, like, every red tank knows how to change oil. Right. <laughs> so I changed the oil Sunday on my wife's Lexus, and then I got a Genesis Coupe, and I got to pull a belly pan, and she comes out I, in the garage, and I got the belly pan out, and I'm under the car on the creeper. She's like, why don't you pay somebody else to do this? I'm like, I want to do it myself. Like, I don't want anybody with the impact wrench on my drain plug and you know, stripping it out. I'm like, I want to do it myself. And so she kind of scolded me for doing it. But when I get an I oil mean, change, it's all included because I bought it with it. And the cool thing is they come and pick up your car and they drop off a rental and they ooh. take it back. Well, that that's because you have a real Genesis, unlike my Hyundai Genesis. <laughs> okay. It's still a Hyundai. No, just like a Lexus is a Toyota. Yeah. Yeah especially underneath. I was like, oh, man, this is so Toyota under here. Well, I will tell you a, a very non-redneck thing that I'm going to do. I am buying a Tesla. No, you're, you're buying, buying a serious? Tesla? Which Tesla are you buying? You know, I really want an S-Plaid, but those things are like 120000 freaking dollars. I don't know if I'm going to buy something that crazy. It's, it's like I'm the... going to pay my truck off, and as soon as I do, I'm, I, I do want to get a Tesla. I haven't really decided which one, but... Dude, you know, get the plaid, get the plaid, get the plaid so I can come down and drive with you. Solar turned on. So I'm I'm set up on uh, on solar. So oh, get the we, plaid. Uh, we we generate uh, about 30 kilowatt hours a day, which is a lot of power. Now we're only storing 10 kilowatt hours because I only have one battery, but I'm about to add two more of the uh, big ass lipos on the side of the house that I can store. Oh, cool. Kilowatt hours nice. we produce, and under oh, that's law, great. We have 32 panels. 
Uh, I got 32 pounds. You better believe whatever the limit is. So did, did you ride in Hank's Tesla? What What's that? I Hank did. Strange. Yeah. I actually did. And and that was riding Hank's Tesla and driving Hank's Tesla was, I was like, dude, this is so freaking cool. Oh, he didn't let me drive it. Oh, really? He must not like it. <laughs> no, he was watching me like a hawk. But uh, yeah, I did get to drive it. It's it's a pretty unique experience. Get the plot just so I can experience, um, just so I can experience um, like uh, ludicrous mode. And plus the you, plaids, you the plaids. Do you see what, Corn Pop brings it up? Do you see what they run in the quarter mile? Oh, it's nuts! What? They run in Is the eights. Eights? Yes, yeah. in the quarter mile. Oh, they're freaking fast. And I love fast cars, and fast <laughs> motorcycles, and fast boats. I like fast <laughs> guns. Seems to be a reoccurring theme with me. So yeah, yeah. Like speed, baby. Eight. Under two seconds in the in the zero to sixty. Zero to sixty. Yeah. Under two seconds in the eight. That's moving, man. I remember when freaking the like the little first electric cars started coming out, and they and they were like crap. People were like, oh, they're it so went slow. thirty miles an hour for thirty miles. Yeah. And now these things are just like. Pfft. And to be fair, the <laughs> early Teslas, some of them have not held up so well, and I've heard also that many Tesla owners, especially ones that had the early ones. You better be ready to, to buy a new battery. And, you know, those batteries are you know, like $25,000. kind of 20 grand. Yeah. Yeah. So I think I, I'm, my wife is actually thoroughly against electric for a bunch of different reasons. We live in Florida. So if the power's out, you know, with a hurricane, we, we got nothing. But um, I'm a big fan of hybrid and plug-in hybrid. I feel like I'm going to have a heart attack. <laughs> I heard her. My daughter's walking and she's offering me ice latte. I heard. Yeah, I my my wife has uh, the Lexus 450 hybrid, and that's a nice car, but it, it's got a V6 in it, and you know it gets 30 miles to a gallon because it's it's hybrid. Yeah. So that that actually works pretty nice. Check this I out. I think for me, there's some deep rooted philosophical thing for me where it's like, you know, if I've got. <laughs> You know, I'm on solar and then having an electric car. I don't know. There's just something about the idea of knowing that I can charge my car off the grid. That's cool. <laughs> call it foolish. I don't know. But, I, you know, might as well go all the way down the rabbit hole in that regard. Yeah. I mean, I yeah, don't know if see, you can see this, but look at the look at the trap speed, Eric. Trap. 155. Holy Christmas. <gasps> holy moly. I'm buying an S-Plaid. <laughs> that, that thing is moving in a quarter mile, getting up to 155 miles an hour. Wow. Under nine seconds. Sucker's moving, man. Well, I, I, I guess mean, it's kind of like having a McDonald's and having a fry bread, you know, where a diesel where you're running it on fryer oil. Yeah. People have done it. They can make cars run on water. <laughs> I mean, but you can't live long if you do that. That is absolutely correct. Yeah. Lisa Leaf. <laughs> no. Lisa Leaf? I don't know. Charles is suggesting that I need to, to try uh, try driving around in, in, in a electric vehicle before I go buy one, see if I like it or not. Dude, uh, I've been in a plaid, right? Pit that thing in ludicrous mode and launch it. You're going to be like, 
Oh yeah, I'm buying one. You're gonna be like signing the check, right? It it it, it is. It's. I like I'd have I said buy it so I can come down there so I can experience ludicrous mode again because it it's it, it's gonna go through with the Twitter purchase. Scary. I mean, it's scary I, I fast. So I don't think Musk is faking anything. I think he really wants to buy Twitter, but I think it's an interesting how things are boiling out. Yeah. I uh, Musk, I, I can't even say he's globalist. He's solar system-ist. You know, he wants to get humanity on Mars. You know, it's kind of redundancy in case something happens on Earth catastrophically. We got people on Mars. The human race will continue. And what he said about Twitter was that he said for, you know, just democracy, you have to have a free and open discord. And I, I think he's serious about it. I don't think he's he's fooling around. I think he's certainly exposed a lot of the random things that go on behind the curtain. And, oh. and that's where the price of admission right there. I mean, even if the, the Twitter buy doesn't go through for him we still got a very interesting look behind the curtain that, that obviously yes. they very much wanted to, to keep a lot of that information secret, like the amount of bot accounts and things. So I think that Twitter is definitely doing some uh, damage control, uh, but who knows, maybe it'll, you know, wind up being for the better if they actually, you know, if he does purchase the platform and. Uh, well, I'm, what I I'm thought, hoping- what, what I thought was interesting is he said he wants to make the algorithm public so people can see like, Hey, cause we, we all talk about it on YouTube. I mean, it might be my videos suck. It might be, I'm, you know, shadow banned. I don't know. But if the algorithm was public and I could see, Hey, this video performed good, this video stunk. And it was because of me and the algorithm, as opposed to like, Hey, there was outside influence because, you know, I had the keyword gun or I said gun three times in a video. Mm-hmm. All right. All right. Well, we've or, been on for because they went and, and wrote a dirty algorithm behind the scenes to Correct. ensure that no matter what you did, that you were placed in the naughty, naughty zone. Yeah, I, I think everyone on here uh, uh, understands how algorithms work and everything else. Um, but we're not going to go into that. Um, yeah, Rich should do yeah, a video. Probably outside the scope of this conversation, but uh, yeah. it, it certainly, you know, raises some questions. Yeah, I, I know. Like Rich understands it. Uh, I understand it. Um, we we worked in that world, but a lot of people don't understand exactly what algorithm is. Algorithm is basically just think of it as a big mathematical equation that assigns values to different things. I, I don't know how else to describe it to decide what the. So, like the higher your value, the more likely you're, you're going to get shown. But like what those values are and what those things are, are usually close guarded secrets. Mm-hmm. Some, some values will, are negative. Some values are positive and they're all weighted by giving them a number. So like, uh, let's say they don't like guns. So if you have a gun video, they'll give you like a negative two. And, uh, and let's say they like babies and they have a baby video and then they give you like a plus 10 and the, and you get a number and that's how, that's how it determines if it's going to ring. Uh, that, that, that's really, really, really oversimplifying it. 
But it's a good way of thinking about it. Nothing wrong with simple. Whatever makes people <laughs> understand it. Yeah, I mean, there, it's a lot more. It's it's a lot more to it, but that's a very, very, very oversimplified thing. All right, but guys. Saying though that they have the ability to turn up or turn down the juice. Yes. In a very yes. simplified way. I mean, they they have the ability to raise whoever they want and lower whoever they want. Yeah, yeah. The, I'm, sure, I'm sure there's an option to add a couple extra numbers in there. Oh yeah, I'm sure. A value or two. All right, we've been on for an hour. We are done. Uh, you can follow me at John Crump News or johncrump.local.com. Check out my stuff over at Amaland. This weekend from 9 to 6, Las Vegas, a uh, Vegas Pro Gun Club out in Boulder, Las Vegas, which is right outside Las, uh, not Boulder, Las Vegas, Boulder, Nevada, which is right outside Las Vegas. They will be doing that. It's sponsored by Rifle Dynamics. There's going to be giveaways. There's going to be, you can meet Stephen Wilford, who was our guest yesterday. Eric Blanford, IV88888888 will be there. Um, I just keep on saying 88s until whatever. And you can go meet him, shake his hand and whatnot, take a picture, whatnot. It's going to be a good thing. You can hear his impassioned speech for the Second Amendment. And you can find Rich. Spot, baby. <laughs> yeah, I'll, you can find Rich uh, at Flying Rich Official on Instagram, Flying Rich on YouTube, and MySpace, and FlyingRich.locals.com. Eric, tell everyone where they can follow you and uh, give us the last word filled with them. All right, uh, at Iraq Veteran eighty eight eighty eight on Twitter. I'm also uh, over on uh, Instagram, and of course, you can follow me on YouTube. And I want to answer that one question that you popped up there. I was asking if I own the tractor. I'll tell you real quick. I've got a Kubota M5091, 90-horse tractor. Love it. Great machine. Uh, (laughs) I guess that's it. Thanks for having me on. Sorry for being late. Uh, A little lapse of communication there, but uh, hopefully we'll we'll keep that on the up and up going forward, and that way I won't be late on y'all. Apologize to (laughs) y'all.